Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi folks, this is Sarah Perry and welcome back to another episode of Haven Space. Today we're going to be discussing gangbangs and trains and no, they're not really the same thing, but they can have a lot to do with each other. By the end of this podcast, you should know what a gangbang is, what it isn't, um, where to find it, how to prepare, how to go about making this happen for yourself with all of the consent, respect, and pleasure that our bodies are worthy of. So we believe the term originated from the idea that in gangs, some uh, rights of initiation were that new members would have to kind of bring in their partner to have sex with the rest of the gang. So they would all accept this person into their group. And this was kind of like a ritual that was done. But there isn't really very concise information about any other possible definitions. So that's as good as we're going to get on this. So what are they? Well, typically it's four or more people with one focal subject, also considered the bottom, even if it's a gay or straight um, or queer um, dynamic. So the reason we call this person a bottom is because they're the ones receiving, even if they are a guy because there are quote unquote reverse gangbangs that would be one guy surrounded by a bunch of women, they would be more of a passive partner and then the women would come in and basically have sex with them. So different kinds of gangbangs would be maybe a gay gangbang where there is one person receiving penetration. Most of the time when we talk about gangbangs we are talking about some penetration of some sort. Um, You could have straight gangbangs that would typically be one woman surrounded by men who are then taking turns with her. Well, remember that when we use the term gangbang, we have one focal person, but typically this person could be surrounded by many people at once, all of which are getting attention uh, from the subject, but not necessarily all having sex at the same time. So someone could be having a blowjob, somebody could be getting a handjob. Most of the time, the passive participants that are waiting to come in are sitting around taking care of themselves until they're ready to get in and participate. Well, Another common dynamic that is referred to um, in gangbangs is a train, which is the idea that one focal person who is taking turns with many people, is only being serviced by one person at a time. Essentially, they don't give attention to anybody except one specific person and they take turns. A train can be a really convenient way to start a gangbang because you can have a little bit more focused time with each partner and have kind of more time with each person to get comfortable and to kind of reach the rhythm that you want to reach with that person. I want to also note that a gangbang is not the same thing as gang rape. Gang rape would not be a consensual situation. It would be violent. It would be aggressive and would be done as some sort of camaraderie or team thing with all the perpetrators of the act. This is not at all what we're talking about. We're talking about a situation where the passive bottom is very much a willing participant of the dynamic. 
Another term possibly important to think of is the term bukkake, spelled B-U-K-K-A-K-E, which is considered a Japanese term for basically several back-to-back ejaculations that together create a large amount of seminal fluid in whatever place they are depositing it. So this could be vaginal, it could be anal, it could also be oral. Another similar term would be a cream pie with the only difference being that a cream pie is the seminal fluid buildup of it could be just one person or it could be many, many people. Part of gangbang sometimes is to actually have participants eat and consume other people's cum and ejaculate so that um, you kind of have a better working space, but also because it's fetishized to be a little bit more submissive in that way and some people enjoy the taboo. So as of 2017, which is the latest um, kind of info that I was able to get, Lisa Sparks holds the world record for um, the most partners during a gangbang. And she had sex with 912 guys in a single day during Eroticon in 2004 in Poland, which is Eroticon is a yearly erotic convention. And every year they look to beat the previous year's gangbang and this was the third annual World Gangbang Championship, and each of the previous years also held the previous world record. So the first annual World Gangbang actually beat the world record, the second one beat it again, the third one beat it again, and as far as we know, as of 2017, that was the most that's been done. And I could see how beating 912 guys um, would be pretty difficult. Uh, Lisa Sparks is also uh, a porn star, and I am sure you can find... All of this info, if you look it up online, you can probably find videos of the gigantic world record gangbang. I will say um, the movies called uh, World Record Gangbang actually are big um, scams. They do not actually have the number of people having sex that they see. The second one, the second version of the world's biggest gangbang movie um, the actress, the porn star that was in it actually came out and said that it was probably the biggest ripoff that in fact of the 300 men advertised only about 30 showed up and they were just filmed very strategically and they had a good director and of those 30 only about 12 were able to perform. So I want you to remember that, um, the kind of sexual, like troubles that we may have come up when we are in a dyadic pattern and we are just with one other person definitely also come up when you're in a group. And it doesn't matter that um, you may be in a group of friends and you may be relaxed. Honestly, you have the exact same percentage of incidences happen in group play that you do in dyadic play. So don't expect for these issues to not be happening. And remember that we can't expect them to not be happening in professional um, sex workers either. It doesn't matter that these people are getting paid and are very good at getting hard and coming. They're also people that have normal sex lives and normal sex dysfunctions. Actually, I prefer not to use the term sex dysfunction, but I'm just trying to get you to understand what I'm saying. Sex is very varied and almost anything is completely normal contrary to what a therapist or psychologist or a doctor would tell you. Um, So why do people do it? Well, there's a million reasons that people do it, pretty much. So 
I guess for starters, we could go with the idea of a cuckold dynamic. You, If you listen to the cuckold podcast, you know there's two different kinds of cuckold relationships, one in which the cuck prefers to kind of be humiliated and be made to feel ashamed. And a lot of times there is some jealousy play included in that that would be like, oh, I'm not able to satisfy my partner, so they have to do this. And that those feelings of shame and humiliation can actually be really erotic for people, especially people with uh, traumatic sexual histories. So the other side of the cuckold dynamic being um, someone who's very dominant and is like, no, I want my spouse, I want to pick my spouse's partners, I want them to get fucked, to get pushed to their limits. And then you'd have a completely different dynamic that results in the exact same action, just a little bit different of an approach to it. Um, I would say in cuckold dynamics where there's a very submissive, like humiliation forward partner, then you would essentially have them watch. Um, It wouldn't be uncommon to have that partner with his penis in a cage, which is um, kind of a trapping apparatus that would keep the penis from getting hard. And a lot of times is used in like punishment play for exerting control, different forms of control. A lot of times you could have the partner um, not be allowed, for example, in the room or not be allowed to watch or be close by and you can be saying things about how tiny their penis is or how they're never able to satisfy you. And then those dynamics can be super erotic to some people. Um, similar with the jealousy play, right? The idea that you can never satisfy a partner, so now they have to have this big party and have all these people come. But in fact, those can be really fun, playful things to do and they can be erotic. But let's remember that nobody is having an issue being satisfied when they engage in gangbangs. In fact, most of the time, gangbangs are not about being completely exhausted and having orgasmed a million times in ways you could never with just one person. We tend to be much more likely to orgasm with people that we have long romantic bonds with. People in very long-term relationships have an easier time reaching orgasm on demand. In fact, um, older people report having this ability much more than younger people. So it could be related to um, kind of one partner, it could be related to the fact that you have a longer history with the partner, or it could be related to the fact that you have a longer history having sex and you could just be better at knowing what your body wants to be able to orgasm. So contrary to what people believe, geriatric people have insane sexual appetite and they are very able and willing to reach orgasm and to have multiple sex partners and have it be even more enjoyable. To put it into perspective, if you think about your sex life nowadays or how easily you're able to achieve orgasm and you don't suffer from any other medical conditions or medications that you may be taking, you're probably feeling much more satisfied than you did as a 16-year-old masturbating. So if you're not, definitely book an appointment with me and let's get that figured out because we're hoping to eventually grow in our sexual lives our entire life and get to enjoy sex much, much more. Another reason people may choose to engage in gangbang play could be the access to pleasure and new sensations that you pretty much can't really do in smaller groups. The ideas of um, double penetration or triple penetration is really difficult in a twosome, in a threesome, in a foursome, simply because there's a lot of pressure on all of the participants to make sure they're in the same point in erection and the same point of orgasm at the same time. 
um, especially in our society and the way we are very um, kind of orgasm oriented when we have sex instead of just kind of enjoying the moment and allowing yourselves to come whenever you come organically. And if you don't, that's okay too because pleasure is our goal and not orgasm. So access to new sensations can be reached because if you have multiple people, odds are higher that some of those people will be available to perform those actions in the exact rhythm that need to be performed for it to work. For example, if you have a group of 10 guys and three of them are still working on their erections and a couple of them are just not really in the mood yet, but a few of them have the exact right penis size and shape to be doing vaginal and anal penetration at the same time, then your odds were greater and it was able to happen because of it. So yay, pleasure access, right? There's also a turn on into the frenzy of the hot wife situation, the idea that you have all these men going crazy for your partner and it could be hot husband. But of course I use the terms husband and wife loosely because I'm not suggesting that you absolutely have to be with a stable partner to be in a gangbang by any means. It does help though to have one person in the situation who knows you well, who knows your hard limits, who knows your soft limits, things that you may be willing to try in the moment, but normally would be kind of something you don't feel great about. So that idea of having a frenzy, but knowing that you have an anchor, a control may be um, a great opportunity that can only come forward during a gangbang. Um, The idea of pushing those soft limits could also be really attractive to people. It could be one of the reasons that gangbangs are a great option. Sometimes somebody would want to have um, kind of a penis in every hand and every hole. That cannot happen with just a few people. The idea of envy play, um, which is further than... um, jealousy play because envy play has to do specifically with other men wanting your wife and that being arousing or other people wanting your partner that could be very arousing nor most of the time um, people who agree to gangbangs and are in married relationships are not women allowing their husbands to have sex with many women in fact women have a hard enough time finding one other woman to share their husband with So just as far as unicorn hunting, it tends to be super impractical to find 10 women that all want to have sex in this group orgy with your spouse, especially in a dynamic like a reverse gangbang where the only source of attention is going to be that guy sitting in the middle and all of the women are expected to just sit around waiting for him or just rubbing on his body. It seems unlikely that you could find a large group of women who would want to partake in that kind of dynamic, especially without having any contact to each other. There is also sometimes an attraction to some degradation play in the part of the bottom of the subject. The idea that a bunch of men could get around and kind of like rip at your clothes and um, kind of frenzy over you, but also um, push your limits, hold you down, and make you the submissive person while all of them are the dominants in gay or straight dynamics that could be attractive. We also have to remember to be extremely careful when it comes to rough anal play because there is real physical harm that can happen if people are not listening to their bodies and their sensations of pain and relaxation when it comes to anal penetration. This is another reason that it's extremely important to maintain levels 
of sobriety so that you understand what your body's feeling if you're in this position of being dominated by a lot of other people. So where can you find it? You can find um, Bukaki, you can find gangbangs, you can find trains on pretty much any porn site. But if you want to find it for yourself, you could get on FetLife, F-E-T-L-I-F-E, and FetLife Personals and take a look through there. Most of the time, FetLife works kind of like a social network, but where people have the ability to talk about the fetishes that they want and like, and then they end up kind of um, finding other friends with similar fetishes. And then you can have a social group that is more apt to letting this kind of experience happen. You can also get on something like adultfriendfinder.com and look for people specifically that are interested who are willing to remain a little bit more anonymous and not really develop friendships or relationships with you. You can find your crew and um, definitely get some people together. I would suggest starting some type of group chat where everybody can have conversations and get friendly with each other because all of these people... Um, even though they may be strangers and you may never talk to them after a gangbang or just be gangbang friends where you kind of have recurring gangbangs with the same people, it's easier to stay relaxed. It's easier to get your erections working and to get to a place where you can actually orgasm if the people around you are people that you feel seen in positive regard with. So why not develop at least casual friendships with the people that you're going to be sharing a person with, um, at least in ways that can help you get prepared. So other ways you can prepare is to have a conversation about, even if it's a conversation with yourself, not necessarily with a partner, although typically, like I mentioned, game bangs are kind of a partner activity. Have a conversation about what works better if having people you know engaging gangbang with you or strangers that you will never see again? Um, sometimes it makes sense to have your group of friends have sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Sometimes it doesn't make sense because you don't want them to be bringing it up later for some reason. Um, definitely keep safety first. How do you know these people? Are they people from a random website? Please make it a point to go get tested. Even if you're planning on using condoms, there are many STDs and STIs that spread even with condom use. And there are reasons that condoms may not be the best use if you're having a long period of time of sex with lots of different people and lots of friction. So know that having a paper party concept where everybody shows up with their papers and their IDs to match actually helps um, you make decisions later. Sometimes fluid bonding is important to people emotionally because they don't want to share fluid bonding with their partner, but a huge part of gangbangs are the ability to fluid bond and to have large amounts of fluid, and you want to allow yourself the option to make those choices and keep those limits if they're soft still on the table. Plan also to meet all the personalities with each other the same way you plan a get-together for your friends and you make sure that each person gets along with the other people that are coming so you don't end up having to do this like split personality thing to accommodate and balance the team. You want to make sure that people can get along and that people aren't going to be having conversations that turn the mood into something really sour. Remember that the best way to go about having 
a gangbang occur is not just have people show up and enter a room and fuck you. It would be to have a group of people over or actually be hanging out, actually be enjoying each other's company, having some drinks, and then kind of allow things to happen a little bit more organically. Um, note that some people will have erection issues like we had talked about. They may ejaculate immediately or too slow, and it may be a good idea to set some type of time limit. For example, each person is going to get five minutes of actual intercourse because otherwise, if you have a large group of people, then it could become very painful or difficult for the person. Also, have a conversation about what happens if the subject, the bottom, decides they are done with the gangbang. Um, how is it fair to finish off the other people? Let them know that they may have, you know, if they don't go first because they're very slow to get an erection, they may not get a chance to have an orgasm at all because the party may be over. All these conversations need to be had because we are all people that get to make choices for our bodies and consent can be revoked at any time. So knowing what the expectations are going to be and communicating them to everyone participating are really super key things to group sex in general. Remember to have a conversation about condoms and condom requirements. If you have any sensitivities, make sure you have the right lube. You want to be using um, a water-based lube. If you want to use toys of any kind, sometimes some type of vibrator, most of the time they're silicone-based and you don't want a silicone-based lube and then destroy your toys and make yourself all... Um, set up expectations properly about soft and hard limits, not just with your like anchor person, but really with anybody that's showing up and be like, I definitely do not want to give blowjobs today or I definitely do not want anal sex. Um, talk about possible double vaginal or vaginal anal penetration, double anal penetration. Under what circumstances would you be okay with it? Under what circumstances are you not okay with it at all? Also beware of anal to vaginal shifts uh, during condom use. If you are in a gay gangbang, then have conversations about whether or not it's acceptable for the different people to engage with each other or to leave and to go have their own little parties separately from the major gangbang because the dynamic is so centered on the focal bottom. Um, another important thing to consider is your location, right? So there are positives and negatives to choosing a sex club, uh, to choosing a hotel, and to choosing your home. Of course, uh, for your house, for example, you have everything that you need there. You may have different kinds of lube there. You may have different sheets. You may have towels. You have showers. You have food. You have drinks. Um, and you have the ability to kind of shift around your space unless you live in like a tiny, tiny studio apartment because you're listening from a place with very expensive rent. Alternatively, it may not be a great idea to have people at your house who you have never met before if you live in a very extravagant neighborhood or you have very showy things and it could be um, kind of a, a way that people actually target you and your family in the future. Of course, hopefully you trust these people enough to be having sex with them. Hopefully you trust them enough to bring them into your home. But a lot of times, especially people that engage in like public sex acts may not necessarily want everybody to come to their house. A club, alternatively, could be really amazing if they have private rooms and you are able to clean up there. Most clubs do offer towels and showers, but make sure you're looking for on-premise clubs that actually allow you to have sex there before you go. 
I would say go ahead and scope out the club before you plan a big thing and make sure they can accommodate and maybe provide a separate space that is um, like fenced off or separated from the rest of the people so that you know who you're there with. Especially if you don't know the people from before and you had everybody get tested, it would make sense that you are going out of your way to make sure you keep like your tiny team together. The downside of a club would simply be things like the fact that other people may try to join, that you may have members that lose interest and leave and go do other things because club already has a lot of things going on. So those are some other things to think about. Another big downside to a club is that most of the time clubs charge pretty pricey rates for single men coming in. And if you're having a gangbang gate or straight, odds are there are a lot of men coming and each one of them will have to pay a pretty penny to enter. A hotel could similarly be a really great place to have it if you have a big hotel room you don't have kind of the danger of having people at your house or that other people are approaching or leaving but you do have some hotels that have limits on room guests or you may have some complaints about noise because most of the people at hotels are actually going to sleep um Have conversations also about video recording because some people may not engage in gangbangs very often and may be very turned on and want to take videos. This is also something to think about in venues because you cannot control if other people are filming. Even though sex clubs have pretty strict rules about taking pictures and videos, nowadays we all have video cameras and cameras on our phones and we really can't control what everyone else is doing around us. Sometimes um, the actual members hosting the gangbang would like to record, in which case you would also have to have conversations with the people being recorded, perhaps conversations even on whether you would be okay to have your face in a video. Maybe there are a lot of people that are okay with like actual genitals being shown, but probably not my face. Or if you have very noticeable tattoos like I do, you may not want any part of your body on video simply because it's not worth the risk. Well, lastly, we have to discuss the fact that gangbangs are actually pretty emotional situations. You have to navigate those emotions And you have to be able to talk to your partner or partners and friends if they were involved about the experience. Have a conversation beforehand about what you expect it to be like. Have a conversation about what to do and how to put a kind of traffic light system in place for if the situation is getting too emotional and out of control. But remember that when you've planned a large event, there is a certain amount of coercion that goes along to it because then everyone's showing up with an expectation and you've already kind of set it up. So know that consent is easier to revoke when there are fewer people around and that this situation may be something you weren't expecting. And it may be a good idea to prepare an aftercare ritual. For example, if you are a couple and you're putting on a gangbang, it may be a great idea to maybe shower together, maybe a great idea to, after everyone has left, to engage in your own sex or in cleanup service, which is oral sex performed on whatever orifice everyone ejaculated in, if that was a thing, or different ways that you can bond together afterwards, which could be cuddling up and watching a movie, it could be giving each other massages, and make sure you're kind of putting a bookend on the experience so you can know that you had some amount of closure and had your needs met as well. Um, Make sure you're also 
engaging in a ton of consent and respect that you are not putting your hands where people haven't agreed for them to be. Um, make sure you have set up your traffic light system that you are conscious and aware. Make sure you're watching for stealthing, which means the person who is supposed to be wearing a condom removes the condom after the consent agreement has been given with the condom and doesn't say anything about it just because when there's a lot of things going on this may be something that occurs and to recap we talked about what gangbangs are and what they aren't we talked about trains we talked about reverse gangbangs we talked about bukkakis and cream pies we talked about lisa sparks breaking the world record fucking 919 guys in one day, which is pretty freaking incredible. And why people like it, where you can find it, how to make it happen for yourself and how to make it happen with all of the consent and love and respect that our bodies deserve. If you are interested in hearing anything more about this, make sure to leave a comment. If you would like to have some say in what my podcasts are about and some of the topics coming up, please become a paying patron so that you can help support me in my research. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.